I want to take just a moment before we really get into all of this and take, take some time to thank some very, very uh, active and involved people in this past three years of, of transition. I want to begin by saying thank you to Pastor Rob and Joanne and their ministry here at the church. Uh, I, w- I wish that this place was jam-packed full of people that we could applause. But if you're at home, jump up and down, applause, do whatever you can, uh, make it loud so that Pastor Rob and Joanne could hear that. But we just thank you, Rob, for your ministry to this church. It is a very special ministry to have a transitional pastor involved in the life of a church for a season that come in and know that their heart is going to be fully involved and then know at some point they have to pull their heart out because a new pastor has come. And we have transitional pastors that do this ministry all over the place, and we are so thankful for the ministry of transition. And so, Rob, thank you, brother, for your ministry to this church. I want to thank the elders who also have worked uh, very, very hard in, uh, in this transition period, uh, relearning much about what church life is all about, but at the same time pouring their hearts into loving and caring you at an extra special level as God and seeking God for His will and His way in all of these things. So thank you, elders, and search team. Uh, it is a, a very difficult job to get resumes in, to review resumes, to be able to go, this seems like a good person, this isn't a good fit, and this is a good fit, and then to go through a process of discernment, of listening, of trying to seek the will of God, because the part of the search team, as they prepare to find out who is God's man, they then take what they believe is where God has led them and give that to the elders, who then pursue it again at another level. So the teamwork between search team and elders is extremely important And we believe that God has done a great work in preparation for uh, this transition and now into this new place of installation. And the last thing, a group of people I want to thank is you, the church. Uh, You have spent time in prayer and encouragement. You've been a part of the... the, uh, the, the service in regards to finding out, is this the right pastor? You've given words of encouragement. You've given your support. And uh, you have been a part of this process as well. And so thank you for your prayers and your encouragement that you've given out uh, through this whole season. Now we arrive. We arrive at a new beginning, or maybe it's better said we re- arrive at a new chapter in the life of Maple Ridge Alliance Church. We are at an installation service that I want to do my part to make sure that it is a moment in your life as a church that stands out and you can all gather together and say, yes, we were there when God anointed our next pastor, our next leader. I don't believe you as a church have been through this for maybe over 25 years. And so many of you were never a part of that in this church. But here we are at an installation service and ready to say, Lord, we have heard you, we believe you, and we are following you in this next season, this next chapter of our life as the church. So what do we do with the past? When we think about the past, what do we do with it? I think three things. One, of all, one thing is this, we have to listen to the past. 
Not just the past years here at Maple Ridge Alliance Church. You've all had a history. You've, you've all been, some of you have been here forever, but some of you have come from other churches. We have to go back 100 years. We have to go back 500 years. We have to go back 1,000. We have to go back as far as we can remember. We have to go back as far as the Word speaks. And we have to listen. And we have to learn from the past. We have to learn from our mistakes. We have to learn from the joys. We have to learn from those activities that have happened in the life of this church and other churches and, and the life of the Word of God and the, and the gathering of His people for centuries. We have to learn. And then, friends, after we've listened well and we've learned well, we have to leave it in the past. We cannot go forward if we're looking in the rear view mirror of the life of the church. We have to leave the past. Oh, there's times we'll stop and look back, and there's times we'll look at a lesson and go, remember that? We learned that. But friends, we need to leave the past because we have to move on to the future. The future involves three things. Number one, the future involves prayer. And you as a church family and leadership here in this church have been praying and preparing and getting ready for the next season. Don't stop praying. God is active and God is leading all the time and leadership and you, the church family, need to, again, listen. And the best way to do that is through prayer and the word and to hear his spirit speak to us. So we have to pray. We have to prepare and then pursue or press on. All that God is calling Maple Ridge Alliance Church to, there is something new and fresh. There's a new season for you as a church and God wants to lead you there. And I just encourage you about the future is to pray, prepare, and to press on. A word that's been bounced around a lot the last few weeks is calling. Calling. What is a calling? What are we called to? Well, calling is a big, important word because we are all called. Not just a pastor or pastors, but we are all called. We are called to use our God-given gifts spiritual gifts, and we are called to serve in the life of the church to bring harmony and to bring life and to bring all that God has given to us through his Holy Spirit. We are called to give to the church. We have a calling, all of us, to serve God. We are called to pastoral ministry. Maybe it's part-time, maybe it's full-time, but we are called to pastoral ministry. We are called, some of us are called to serve in a specific role in the church. Lead pastor, youth pastor, kids pastor, associate, worship pastor, office team. We are called to a specific ministry. I received my calling from God in 1985. I was in full-time business. And when God called me into full-time pastoral work, I heard his calling. I prepared for what I needed to go into, and then I pursued it and went after it. And God has led me through 33 years of pastoral ministry. Some of us are called to serve in the pastorate. And we give with all our heart and with all our soul. Some of us are called to a very specific church. Very clear calling to leave one place and to come to the next. Calling. Tim, uh, Tim, Tom and Kim, that's a Tim and, see, Tom and Kim together is Tim. 
Tom and Kim have been called by God at this time in the history of this church to serve Maple Ridge Alliance Church as the lead pastor. They have been called by God to this place. They left another church. They left some friends. They left a a ministry because God said, I want you to go from here to there. And they obeyed. Calling involves all of us to be obedient to what God wants for us. Maple Ridge has gone through three years of, of, of transition, through a process. This transitional period has, be, has had more unexpected twists and turns than we ever thought possible. Ask your elders, ask your search team, ask yourselves, where are you right now? You're sitting in your homes or somewhere outside of the building of the church. But you are still the church. The building's here, it's nice, it's beautiful, but you're the church. And we've all transitioned, and it's been challenging. But I believe it's also been very, very good. I've had many conversations with many pastors across our country, and they have learned a lot through the pandemic. And they have learned a lot about ministry, and there is a new way moving forward that we, the church, need to embrace And God is revealing that as we go along. Maple Ridge Alliance is a different place at the end of this transitional period than what you were three years ago. You are a different place. And God has something fresh and new. And so I ask you this question. What is God calling you to now? What is God calling you to now? What is his fresh vision and mission for this church? What is his fresh values that he wants to pour into you as a people group? What is the primary purpose that God has you in this place, on this corner, in this community for such a time as this? The future. So how do we prepare? How do we get ready for this? I believe at the start of this new season, Jesus is calling us as a church to live a life worthy of our calling. To live a life worthy of our calling. Turn with me in your Bibles, on your phones, your iPads, or if you have it memorized, go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. The Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus. In Paul's writings in this letter, we have now in six chapters, but it was one letter. Paul wrote, and the first part of this letter is all about theology, orthodoxy. And the second part of this letter is all about practical, practice, orthopraxy. It's putting orthodoxy, truth, into practice. Chapters 1, 2, 3, theology. Chapters 4, 5, 6, practice. And I want to jump in, beginning at verse uh, 1 in chapter 4, and it's all about 
practice. How do you live a life worthy of the calling that God has placed on your life, our lives? It says these words, listen closely. Because there's many words, many action words, many alive words in this passage of Scripture. And he says this, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and who is in all. Called. Called to live a life worthy. Three thoughts I want to pull from this rather quickly. The first thought is this. It involves our character. It involves our character. First verse says, be humble and gentle and patient and bearing with one another in love. You know what? This is the fruit of the Spirit. If you go back to Galatians chapter 5 in my Bible, it's only a couple pages back. You go back to Galatians chapter 5, it talks about love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And, and Paul says to the Galatians, and he says to all of us, and he says to the Ephesians, you need to live, live by the Spirit. And you will fulfill all that the Spirit has called you to. Live by the Spirit. In other words, be. Be. It is in our, it is in our being that our character is developed. It is in our struggles that our character is developed. It is in our challenges that our character is developed. It's rare today. I believe character is kind of rare. People do whatever they want to do. They are focused on themselves. They are focused on their selfishness. They will take and take and take. And not many people want to give these days. Our character says we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We are to be representatives of Christ. And we are to allow uh, the Spirit of God to live through us. And as we allow the Spirit to live in us and through us, and we impact those around us, our character of Christ is revealed. The first thing, friends that I see in this passage, to live a life worthy of your calling is to make sure that your character is well cared for. Who you are as a Christ follower. I, I believe our character has been challenged by this pandemic. I believe our character is being challenged by a society around us. I believe our character is being challenged by the changing of the norms of life. It doesn't mean we change our character. It means we hold fast to the truth of what God calls us to, and we live that out in our life. Number one, it involves our character. Living a life worthy of your calling also involves our community or community of believers. Verse 3 says, Make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit 
through the bond of peace. It involves our community. It involves us. We the church. The ecclesia. The believers. The, the coming together in whatever way possible. Today we have to come together via video or Zoom or, or Facebook or YouTube or occasionally seeing each other somewhere. But it is the, it is the body of Christ. Let me ask you this question. What fractures unity? What fractures unity? And unity in the church. May I suggest discord? May I suggest gossip and slander? May I suggest selfishness and arrogance? What about pettiness? We are all challenged by it. And yet, Paul writes and says, unity. Oh, we're diverse. We are so different. And we're realizing again how different we are. But even in our diversity, we can have unity. Unity is not easy work. I think that's why Paul says, make every effort. Give it all your God. Give, give it everything you have. Give it your 100% all in. Peace. In the bond of peace. Oh, the bond, the, the holding together, the structure of, the, the, the strength of the Spirit of God wrapped around us in community. The bond of peace, the word peace here is shalom. The word shalom means complete, full. The complete and full love of Christ and the peace of Christ brings us together. We're diverse. We're very different people. That doesn't hold us together. What holds us together is unity in Christ. In unity and community. We're committed to Christ. We're committed to the call of Christ. We're committed to the purposes of Christ. We are committed to Christ. That brings up point number three. To live a life worthy of your calling means that there is common ground for us to stand in community where our character shines. Common ground is, and we see it in verses four to six, and the common ground is the oneness with God. The oneness with with God. He says, uh, we are one in body. That's the body of Christ. That's all of us. That's those who call Christ Lord. That's beyond uh, the alliance. That's into the Baptists and the Mennonites and the Pentecostals. And, and, and on the list goes on and on for those uh, gatherings of people that say, we love Jesus with all our heart. We are Christ followers. The body of Christ. We are one. We are one in spirit. There's only one spirit to follow, the spirit of God. We are one in hope, and that hope is in Christ, and in his resurrection, and in his forgiveness, and in his freedom. Uh, worship team, thank you for those songs this morning. Oh, so good. Called into oneness. One Lord. One Lord. Did you hear that? One faith.
One baptism, being baptized into Christ, dying to self, rising from the waters. I'm in Christ. And one God who is in all and through all and over all and around all and just complete. We have common ground. We stand on the common ground. For all of us this morning, friends, living a life worthy of our calling. Forgetting what is behind, pursuing, pressing on to what is before us. I reach for the goal. With my character in my community as we stand on common ground for the glory of Christ. Oh, church. We're in a new day. We don't know what still lies all before us, but we know so much. We know Christ. We know where he is, and we know what he's doing, and we know where he's going. We just want to follow. Let's do it together for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. I would like to invite Tom and Kim to the platform, please. Wow, guys. Thank you so much for obeying the call of God in your life. You are here today because of one reason and one reason only. Jesus said, I want you to come serve here. I want you to bring all of your past and your history and your development and your preparedness. I want to bring all that you are and the giftings I've given to you. I want you to come here to this church and I want you to lead these people to a deep, rich powerful future in the power of the Spirit of God. I'm so glad you obeyed. I'm so thankful that you're here. And, and, and God is going to do some amazing things. I can only wait to see all that God has in store for you as a couple, for you as a family, and for you as a church family. God is so good. I want to give you a charge this morning. I want to read from the scriptures. Paul gave this to Timothy, and I want to give it to you. And so I believe there's some really good words in here, so listen close. And then I got a few thoughts at that. And then I want to give a charge to you as a church family. So you hold on for a moment, because you get yours as well. Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, I give you a command. And so receive this as a command from Jesus today. I give you a command in the sight of God and Christ Jesus. Christ will judge the living and the dead because he and his kingdom are coming and here is the command that I give to you. Preach the word. Be ready to serve God in good times and bad times. Correct people's mistakes. Warn them. But then he says these words, tied in with those words, cheer them up with words of hope. Be very patient as you do these things. Teach them carefully. So we can come in a fired up and blazing and hammers and beat on the people. Or we can come in and love them. That's what I hear here. Come and love these people. I remember as a young pastor, I said to another pastor who was retiring, I said, so, so what, do you, what, what great words of wisdom do you have for me? 
And he said these simple words, Brian, love your people. Because when you love them, you will lead them. And they will be happy to follow. So love your people. The time will come when people won't put up with truth and true teaching. Instead, they will try to satisfy their own longings. They will gather a large number of teachers around them, and the teachers will say, whatever the people want to hear, the people will turn their ears away from the truth. They will turn to stories that aren't completely true. Yeah, but I want you to keep your head no matter what, no matter what happens. Don't give up when times are hard. Work to spread the good news. Do everything God has given you to do. Get to work. Get to work and serve the king in his kingdom to his people. A couple of thoughts. One is this. Uh, being a pastor is not an easy role. Uh, it is, we know this. Um, we've been in this for a while, and we know it's not easy. But we also know that we will have impact that gives life change for eternity. That, that's, that to me is, whoa, that's a moment for me to remind me of what God has called us to as pastors to shepherd his flock. We are called to love and serve God first and foremost. Tom, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, love God. Because from the richness of that heart, you will give to the people. If your heart is dried out and burned up and, 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 and sad, you will give that to the people. So first and foremost, don't focus on the church. Focus on your heart and your relationship with God. Tom, don't lose your faith in this role as a pastor. Don't go through the motion to get it done. Oh, may it come from a heart so full of Jesus. Don't lose your faith. Second, you're called to love and serve your wife, and your family. Two boys? Two boys and one girl. Three kids. It's awesome. By the time you're called to serve them, you're called to make this lady everything she can be. You're called to lift her up. You're called to love and serve your kids. Care for them. Let them see a, a dad of integrity, of character, of depth. Let them see a dad who is full of Jesus everywhere you go. Tom, you're called to love and serve God. Don't lose your faith. You're also called to love and serve your bride and your family, and don't lose them in this role. And third, you are called to love and serve the bride of Christ. Wow, what a joy, what a privilege, what a challenge. Because sometimes our dear church family believe we have all the gifts and we can do everything right and well and almost perfect. And the reality is, we're just guys who love Jesus, who are broken like everybody else, who are seeking depth in our relationship with Jesus. 
who have been called to and given gifts, not all, but some gifts. Tom, use your gifts from a heart that is so full of Jesus. But Tom, don't lose yourself in all of this. Don't lose who you are. Do what you can do and bring around you a team of people, ministry leaders, pastors, that will help you to accomplish the calling that God has for Maple Ridge Alliance Church. We are not superheroes. We're just guys that absolutely serve Jesus. So don't lose yourself in all of this. So it's not an easy role. But Paul also says we need to endure. That's not a fun word. Endure means that we have to lean in. We have to work hard. We have to go after it. It's going to be hard work. It's hard work to lead a great staff and to work with them and to prepare them and to develop them, to encourage them and to uplift them. It's a hard job to do that. Not because they're hard people, because it takes effort and energy, work and thinking. You have to lead your elders board. You have to pray, you bring them to the throne. You have, to, you have to develop them and help them to see all that God wants to see in this church. Draw them to a deeper vision and passion. The leaders, the ministry leaders in the church family. This is not a small church. This is not just the two of you. There's hundreds of people that call this place home. Endure. Lead well. But that means work. Hard work. You and I both know that there's going to be a blend of celebration and challenges. There's a blend of delight and difficulties. And there's a delight in wonderment and wackiness in the life of the church, the bride. Endure the challenges of the time. We are in unprecedented times. I don't, I don't know what to say. It's just unknown. It's challenging. It's difficult. And it's not just pandemic. There's so many things that I've seen over the last couple of years that I'm going, what in the world is going on here? God's called us to serve in challenging times. And sometimes we have to endure it all for the great kingdom of God. So Tom and Kim, be encouraged. Know that the role is not easy. And know that we have to endure. But at the end of the day, Jesus will lead you. So hold on tight. That's my gift and challenge to you today. Church family, I want to give you a challenge, not a whole lot different, but let me read another passage of Scripture that comes out of Colossians chapter 3. And the Apostle Paul says these words, you are a chosen people. You are holy and dearly loved by God. Oh, church, you are dearly loved by the creator, the sustainer, the giver of life. Remember that. So put on tender mercy and kindness as if they were your clothes. Not out of your heart that is sad or difficult, but out of a heart that is full of Christ. Don't be proud. Be gentle and patient. Put up with each other. <laughs> what a statement. Put up with each other. Forgive. 
And then he goes on to say how to forgive. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, forgive others. There's a sermon. And over all these things, put on love. Love holds them all together perfectly as if they were, back to that one word, one. He holds it all together in love as if they were one. Let the peace, the shalom that Christ gives rule in your hearts as part of one body you were appointed to live in peace. Oh yeah. He says this, and be thankful. Be thankful. Let Christ's words live in you like a rich treasure. Teach and correct each other wisely. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Sing them with thanks in your hearts to God. Do everything you say or do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Always give thanks to God, the Father, through Christ. My words of challenge to you are no different than what I just gave to Tom and Kim, and that's this. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's, that's something that we have to do as, a, as an individual by ourselves, in, then in community. But, but it is our relationship with God that we are called to live out and we are responsible for. So love God as his holy, dearly loved people. Love your pastor and their family with tender mercy and kindness. Love this couple. Love this family. Show them Jesus all the time. And then he says this, love each other. Love each other. Bind together. Call each other. Zoom each other. Go for a walk together. Social distancing, of course. But connect. Just because we're not in the same room doesn't mean we stop connecting. We are the church. Be the church. Be that in your community and with each other. Oh, friends, love each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are called to be in the Christian and Missionary Alliance. I love this statement. I love this vision. We are called to be Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, mission-focused people of God. I challenge us all to live like that in these days moving forward in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Part of all of this today is a transition, kind of a passing of the baton. Uh, Rob and Joanne have been part of this church for a a number of years now, serving in, in a most amazing way, giving of their heart and soul. And I've asked Rob just to come and give a few words. And as Rob comes, you guys can just stay seated. You may want to put your mask on. You might get a little closer than me. I'm going to ask the elders to come and gather around us in a circle. And, uh, and we want to just take a moment of dedication. But I'm going to ask Rob to come and just give a word of encouragement to you both. Well, first, uh, let me speak on behalf of, jo- of Joanne and myself and just say that we, it's been a privilege to have pastored amongst you and just to see what God has done. We have felt loved. We have felt honored. And we've been blessed. And it's a blessing that we will take with us, uh, that will long stay with us, just of everything that you've been. 
And yet now, the blessing that we've received, it's now a blessing that gets passed on to you, Kim and Tom, that that blessing will both be given to you so then you can give that blessing back to one another. And that that God will be seen as Christ exalted in this church. I just want to read one one passage, a couple of verses, just briefly. And it really is a, a passage that speaks to you, but it also, as, as Brian has said, it speaks to the church as well. And it it's coming out of Jeremiah. And Tom and Kim, it talks about the person, but it's talking about you as, as again, the church and you together. You, the people who trust in the Lord, whose confident, confidence indeed is in the Lord, you are blessed. You will be like a tree planted by water, and you will send your roots out toward a stream. You won't fear when heat comes. In its foliage, it'll remain green. You will not worry in a year of drought or cease producing fruit. Mm. May that be your ministry. May that be the church's ministry as you go forward. It's been a privilege to minister to this church and to see what God has done and just want to see what God has for the future for the church. I'm going to ask uh, you guys if you'll stand, please. This is a sacred, holy moment. I believe it. I truly believe it. You are here by the calling of God, affirmed by the elders, but by the calling of God on purpose. And we want to dedicate you in your ministry here at this church. We want to dedicate you in a way that all of us will remember this moment as a God-ordained moment. Um, Normally, I would anoint you with oil, but it's hard to do that unless I just splash it on, and I don't want to ruin your clothes, so I won't do that. But I'm going to ask, Tom, you have some oil with you. I'm going to ask if you will anoint Kim, and then Kim, I'm going to ask if you will anoint Tom, please. The oil is not the power. The power is the Spirit of God. The oil is a representative of the power of God. And so this oil is placed upon you, representing the Spirit of God, who is upon you, who is in you, who will work through you for His glory. I'm going to ask that Brad will pray a prayer of blessing over you from behalf of the church family as the chairman of the board. And then I want to pray a very special blessing on you that I received when I was standing in the Jordan River. It's a, it's a sacred blessing of, of our Jewish friends. And it's a powerful blessing that we see in Scripture. And I want to pray that upon you as well. So Brad, will you please lead us in prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. And for the many blessings in which you've poured out on Maple Ridge Lines Church, not the least of which, Lord, over the last three years that we were blessed to have Pastor Rob and Joanne here. And the, the passing of the baton, Lord God, comes to the person that you have appointed and anointed. It's kind of an awe that we stand here, Lord, in your presence, in front of, a, of you with an answer to prayer. And we thank you for this privilege that this church has to lift up 
Tom and Kim before you and ask you to bless their ministry. Father, this board commits itself to supporting Tom, and we thank you that you have given us the opportunity to do that. And Lord, with this church, Father, we can do great things for you. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray this in Jesus' name. As we stand in the very presence of God, in this holy place, because where he is, we are and, and we are holy. And I pray, Tom, that you will have, first of all, the mind of Christ. May the filter system of all that you see, hear, and think go through the mind of Christ. Everything that comes out of your mouth has been through the mind of Christ as your filter. Oh, Lord, will you give Tom your mind? In this place, afresh and anew, soak his mind in you, in your word, in your truth. I pray, Father, that you will give Tom the heart of Christ, a heart of compassion. Scripture reminds us as he walked through the villages, he saw the brokenness, he saw those without a shepherd, and he had compassion. To the very core of his being, he had compassion. May Tom, Tom's heart be filled with the compassion of Christ. I pray, Father, you will give him the hands of Christ, the servant hands of Christ. And Lord Jesus, when you got down on your knees and washed your disciples' feet, you did it to demonstrate what we as leaders are to do and how we are to serve. And I pray that your hands will be full to give and to serve and to love and to care and to carry and to wash and to hold and to love and to hug and be all that they are to be for the glory of Christ. May you have the hands of Jesus. And I pray that you will have the feet that bring good news. Wherever you go, people will see Jesus. Whoever you interact with, people will see or hear Jesus. So I pray that your feet will carry you well. And that your life will demonstrate the life of Christ. I pray for Kim as she serves alongside her dear husband. I pray for a blessing upon her. I pray that you will encourage her soul. I know what pastor's wives carry. I know what they feel. I know what they endure. And Father, I pray that all that Kim needs, she will seek from you and that she will receive freely from you. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And amen. Tom, I've asked if you'll just give a few words to your church family, and, uh, and then we'll close off our service with a song. Pastor Rob, thanks so much for carrying this church these past years. Uh, I know that you have left your mark on this congregation as well, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my, of my heart that you've handed over a church in good shape and uh, one that is eager and ready to, to move forward. Uh, one of the groups I think was left out in terms of 
gratitude was the staff earlier. Um, and I know that they've had to carry a heavier load because uh, there wasn't the lead pastor in place. So thank you. Thank you to Neil and Sam and Kyle, particularly, and the rest of the church staff as well for your perseverance and enduring. Uh, I, I hope uh, it will ease off and uh, things will come into place as they should. This past couple of weeks, I've been reading through the book of Exodus, and uh, I was reminded of God's call on Moses, how Moses was asked to go and leave where he was and what he was doing and go to a place where he had once lived before. But this time there would be a new challenge and a new assignment. I also reflected on Moses' question to God when he said, Who am I that you would send me? And I noticed that God never answered his question. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't talk about Moses' education or talents or shepherding experience. He didn't um, talk about his good looks or his heritage. He simply said, I see. I've seen my people. And I've come down. And I will certainly be with you. I am who I am. I'm not going to make any comparisons between the children of Israel and the good folks of MRAC. But we do learn from the Exodus account. It was not Moses who changed Pharaoh's heart. It wasn't Moses who parted the Red Sea. It wasn't Moses who gave manna. In fact, Moses didn't even lead the people into the promised land. All he was was a spokesperson. He's the one who led them into the, into the presence of the God of his fathers, of God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. Moses, the spokesperson, was like the sheepdog of the flock, not the shepherd. As I was referenced last week to many different kinds of dogs, I think I would just continue that uh, analogy and say that there is a dog that I do appreciate, and it is the sheepdog. I see myself as the sheepdog of the flock, serving together with the staff and the elders, the many other leaders who God has put in place to guide and lead this church into the future, to safely gather the people back together, to round them up and bring them to the shepherd. I ask for your prayers, uh, not in a perfunctory way or because it's a Christian thing to do, but because I know I cannot succeed without your prayers. I won't make it as your pastor without your prayers. Prayers for wisdom, for discernment, for good health, for grace, for patience, and the courage to lead you where God wants you to go. We often underestimate and underappreciate the power of prayer, so let's not make that mistake in the coming years. I do want to ask Kim if she would read a scripture verse that actually pertains to Moses as well. It was a verse God gave me as a prayer for us and for MRAC in the coming days and coming years, and so substitute your and our for MRAC. Let us, your servants, see you work again. Let our children see your glory, and may the Lord our God show us his approval and make our efforts successful. Yes, you make our efforts successful, and that's the Psalm of Moses, Psalm 90, 16, 17. Thank you for this day, and I believe we have an exciting future ahead of us, and uh, 
Again, patience and grace in the next coming months as I find my way. I, I think I know where my office is now. And, uh, and a lot of the details will come together. But, uh, and I'm mostly looking forward to getting to see you face-to-face in the days to come. So hopefully I'll be getting to know you one by one by one uh, as we serve the Lord here together.